Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Finks. And we're back. Episode 106. Yup. All right, man. What you just heard on that intro was the great Bill Weathers. Bill Withers, excuse me. Um, to the intro, Lovely Day. Um, one of the greater musicians of our time just recently passed away. Um, just, you know, rest in peace to him, man. Um, if you've listened to any Art LeBeau oldies or whatever, you've heard that song a million times. And mm-hmm. many other songs that he had that um, countless. I can't even. I can't even remember all of them now. But yeah, just very soothing music. He had a beautiful voice. So rest in peace to the great late Bill Withers. And um, you got to be. You got to have pipes in order to. You know that day. That day that stretch yeah. out for like Hello. two minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's true. You cannot smoke weed and then make that note. That shit is long. <laughs> and he kept that note up for so long. A lovely day. And then he had the the, the what was he call it the the, um, the ad lib in the background. Love the day, love the day, love the day, lovely day. And it's like when you, whenever you're listening to the song, it's like you try to do both at the same time. <laughs> A lovely, lovely day, lovely day. <laughs> you can only hold one note. Yeah, you'd be blue in the face like a motherfucker trying mm-hmm. to do that. That's funny. Yeah, but shout out to you. Him, uh, you said something about him uh, being like thirty two when he started. Yeah, uh, he didn't start writing music till he was thirty two years old, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But you know, a lot of times we put we put time limits on things like you know you should have kids by this age because you'll be too old and yeah. you, you can you have to be successful by this age or you you know you won't do it. And it's like yo, he didn't write music till he was thirty two. And he stated like, yo, you know, you basically have it or you don't. You're born to do this. Yeah. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I don't want to get all biblical, but I think God bless us with gifts. And a lot of us um, find out what our gifts are and use them. And a lot of us don't. Yeah. It's facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Um, what's the other song you got? Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> Only darkness every day. Yeah, I remember I, I, that song came on one day. And I remember I broke up with my girlfriend. Ah. And I was just like, I got to turn this off. And then I just couldn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And I just kept listening to, ain't no sense. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, Bill Withers. Fuck. Yeah. 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 I think um, it's just something about like those older R&B singers. Like, yeah. And we, we can't, obviously there's good R&B singers, but I just feel like, that tone that a lot right, of those guys right. have it's, it's like raspy and yeah, soulful yeah i feel like a lot of uh a lot of singers we don't have we don't have that today. yeah true what was that one song i think it was with lou rawls <laughs> you're gonna miss my loving mm-hmm. it just all those yeah. those the, those musicians that's timeless music yeah you know it's oldies you yeah. know who loves oldies probably more than anybody who's that mexican people <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. If you're listening yeah. to this and you're Mexican, you probably love oldies. Yeah, I love oldies too. But that Art LeBeau, for some reason, a lot of people that call in with the request, yeah, be like, hey, this is Oscar. I want to send a shout out. 
to my girl and uh, send her uh, Bill Withers lovely day because <laughs> it's gonna be a lovely day. <laughs> You're like, all right, and then and then uh, Arlo Bo be like, uh, we have a special shout out from Jose to Maria. I will <laughs> always love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the ones that crack me up though. Is the uh, for some reason it's the ones that people get requests from like uh, Corcoran's mm-hmm. uh, Corcoran State Penitentiary. Yeah, he'd be like, he can't hear this. Yeah, he like, you gotta stop giving shout outs to these convicts. He's like, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But shout out to Bill Withers. Yeah, um, rest in peace. Rest in peace, and also rest in peace to the late great Nipsey Hussle. Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's been a year uh, now. It was a year on the thirty first of March. Uh huh. And it's crazy when you think about it because he was doing so many things. And I think that um, he literally died uh, in front of a store that he created. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot about who he was, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, it's really sad to see that go on. And then you look at the the, the landscape of the world now, where we are, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, you go from one traumatizing thing to the next, but uh, from a optimistic. Uh, viewpoint uh nipsey left the world uh with a lot of gems and a lot of life lessons so shout out to him yeah i was uh just earlier today um j cole's last year at his dreamville festival he did a he played uh the love your song and he did a tribute to nipsey hustle he had a montage playing in the background background, yeah Mm -hmm. and i was just i was just watching it and listening to it and i was like yo it still doesn't even seem real, and you know, and in you know, they picked the perfect images to display um, behind J. Cole while he was performing, just him smiling and just full of life, um, and you could see the growth. And it's interesting. I I, I was uh, you, you know, you're kind of watching J. Cole perform, but you're also watching the images in the background, right? And it was a point where they had played one of his Breakfast Club interviews, and it was just so dope to me because. Um, I remember watching that interview and I was like, yo, this guy, his mind is just on another level. Like I almost like listening to him talk just as much as I like listening to his music. Right. So, um, but he left us with so many gems. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think what I'm going to do is, uh, probably after this pod or within the next few days, just, um, go back and listen to some old interviews just to see if oh, I can man. get any nuggets from oh, yeah. from those. Nipsey, Nipsey, what I love about him, he did so many interviews that like I haven't seen them all. I think, yeah, like I've seen a ton of them. I just went to a wormhole of a bunch of different Nipsey interviews um, because just because, man, like mm-hmm. when you, if not, you know, it's like you kind of miss this person's presence. So yeah. you, you go to check out their stuff, and they had so many profound interviews and things that he said. Yeah. Um, and th- I think the number one thing is, is he's like an unlikely source of motivation uh, based on him being a rapper. And you think, oh, why would you be motivated by a rapper? But you pay attention to who he was as a man. That's where, you know, you, you really start to look at the integrity he had and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, somebody starts. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Yeah. He was a rolling 60s crip that turned into an entrepreneur and a guy that was, um, you know, investing in, uh, pro- in, in projects for kids. And investing basically in the tech world yeah. with a Vector ninety mm-hmm. um, to bridge the gap between uh, you know uh, what was it Crenshaw and mm-hmm. uh, the, the tech industry, like the tech the, industry, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. in Silicon bridging mm-hmm. the gap between Crenshaw and Silicon Valley. So yeah. giving these kids access 
to the tech world. So I think yeah. a lot of those kids are going to benefit from that. You know, you know what I just um, sometimes I think, or I just thought of this right now, is mm-hmm. that um, there are certain people um, where you would have to put the tag or the phrase just so happen to be right. in front of whatever they do. A hundred percent. So Nipsey Hussle just so happened to be a rapper. Right. Um, but he could have probably done any and everything that he wanted to, especially if you hear a story about building a computer 13 years old right. or like, you know, uh, just a bunch of different um, stories that they told at his memorial or even, you know, a guy like Jay-Z. Like, he just so happened to be good at rapping. Right. If exactly. he wasn't a rapper, he probably, you know, or he already is an extremely successful CEO yeah. and, um, you know, author, many, you know, different things, curator, producer, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think we have to stop putting these labels on um, these people, these, yeah. you know, these rappers, et cetera. So. True. Yeah, I think there's some people that regardless of what they would have done, they would have found a way to be successful. And mm-hmm. I, I think that you can say that about a Jay-Z or a Nipsey Hussle. Just just by how they moved and what they did, you could kind of see that. Mm-hmm. Even per, even a person that, you know, runs a huge company could look at a guy like Jay-Z and be like, yeah, he's not regular. He's not yeah. normal. Yeah. He's not he's not just a guy that raps. Like, he's a much deeper than that. Yeah. How does that one taste, by the way, that drink? Uh, it's okay. Pretty good. What's the yeah. flavor of that one? It's a tropical mango. Oh yeah, because I got a bunch of vitamin waters. I I just start putting them in my cart, <laughs> and I never tasted that one before. Yeah, I uh, mean the water's running out of vitamin water, so you gotta yeah. get them while you can. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta get wet, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just looking for a reason to press that. Button. <laughs> yeah. All right. Switching That's gears. Funny. Um. Uh, this is just a word of advice for people that love to hang around a bunch of people during the this pandemic. Um, make sure whoever you're around is worth getting the coronavirus, right? And what I mean by that is if some of you guys figure, oh, I'm only around four people and it's no big deal. We're just hanging out in a small group. Let me be very fucking clear. If you have kids, if you have a grandmother, if you have immediate family that you see every day, those are some of the only people you should be around right now. That's it. Yeah. Make sure whoever you are around is worth getting the coronavirus. See, I don't mind getting the coronavirus from some like Keith or somebody because I know Keith's not being a dumbass. Mm -hmm. So if he accidentally got it and gave it to me, I'd be like, fuck. But then I would have to live with it. (laughs) I don't mind getting the coronavirus from, you know, a close family member or somebody that I rarely deal with. That's fine. But I'm not trying to get coronavirus from a chick that I just hooked up with. Yeah. That I don't know super great. No. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so a lot of you guys need to you need to read you need to reevaluate what you're doing because a lot of you guys are hanging out too much. You meeting up with friends you ain't seen in a long time. They might have been at a at a club with over fifty people, and now you hanging out with them. Yeah, that's why I say make sure whoever you are around is worth the coronavirus. If they're not, leave them the fuck alone. Hmm. Yeah, I think simple. the only uh, pretty much the only. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, I had went to my grandma's uh, birthday party right. that we had. And, you know, my grandma was getting up there in age. And, you know, we don't know how many more birthdays she'll have. So, right. you know, it was important for me to go. It was probably 11 people there max. Most of the time it was 10. But that was a situation where it was like, I, you know, like I said, it's yeah. my grandma. And um, I, in my mind, I was like, that's worth the risk. You know what I mean? She's, right. she's uh, you know a person that I love dearly, but 
for other people out here moving, um, I just went to a park out here. And the park is big enough to where you can still maintain social distancing and still um, like be out there and have a, a good time and then, right. you know, get out the house a little bit. Um, but when I went out there, there was a bunch of sports cars out there. There was a, it looked like there was a car meetup and I had seen um, anywhere from like 12 to 15 cars. Dudes just getting out of their cars, linking up, you know, so, getting ready to shake hands and stuff like that. I passed by another um, group of people that was having like a little gathering. They was cooking and, you know, it was probably like 20 people out there. Stupid. And I was just like, yo, like people really, like there's a reason why um, we shouldn't put our trust in society. I mean, these are the reasons why these um, this lockdown, quote unquote, is in order because People don't listen and they no. don't take anything serious. Um, and e- even to the extent, e- even I think they don't take anything serious, serious until it affects them. Right. Personally. But even then, I still don't think I still think they would think that it was just a, a random event or whatever. Right. Um, so I, it, it just was um, it was uh, I don't know what the feeling was. I was kind of I just felt bad for like how dumb we are to still just be out here. Like, like we said before, this is not a vacation. No, it's a this is some, this is, yeah, you're supposed to be uh, maintaining, you know, social distancing, um, making sure you're not in large groups and, and stuff like that. And if you do need to go, if you do need to go out into the world, make it be for a legit reason, you know, right. Make it be to go get some groceries so you can, you know, part it to maintain to your... To go get some groceries, yeah. not, not eat some groceries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's even crazy to me, like, these, you know, I hear, like, little, uh, you know, some of my some of my uh, people here and there just talking about um, different things they're doing. And it, it seems like they haven't changed much as far as the way they move. Yeah, you got to be like They're still out here trying to smash girls. They're still out here... You know, going to kickbacks and stuff like that. I'm just like, yo, it's not, it's not getting some pussy here and there is not that important. You can, nah. you can go at least for a month or so without, you know, seeing whatever girl or whatever female you're trying to smash. Yeah, you got to chill out. Uh, people don't take things seriously until they could personalize it. Yeah. That's where mo- most of the problem comes from. And here's the thing. If, uh, I, I hope and pray that science steps up and finds something to counteract this virus or a vaccine soon. And the reason why is because if we have to rely on people, I we're going to be fucked. Yeah. Because people are fucking idiots. Oh, right. Yeah. Bottom line. Um, the thing about it, too, is you got to look at how we dealt with other pandemics. Uh, uh, basically, uh, um, HIV and AIDS is an epidemic. It's, it's, it's a lot less contagious than you know um than the coronavirus obviously yeah. it's transmitted through sex but here's the thing we know that people die from aids and hiv every year tons of people right but people still say you know what i'm gonna stick my naked dick in this pussy because it feels better <laughs> and they still fuck with no condoms on yeah we live in a world where look this is the this is the people don't realize putting your dick in a vagina without a condom is basically like playing russian roulette that's facts. You could put a gun in your head and not know if it's a bullet in the chamber. That's just the same difference of holding your dick and putting it in a vagina without a condom. Same fucking thing. Yeah. Because that shit is a death sentence once you get that shit. 
But this, this is, is a how- tangent, but mm-hmm. it it annoys me so much where like dudes will look at a girl and oh. think that they and that just the way like their uh perception of them and how right. they move in the world, they think they know if they have some sort of STD oh, she, or not. She clean, man. She clean. Yeah, yeah. I got to wear a condom with her. She, she, she yeah. been out there. She been out there. Yeah. But here's the problem, Art. Here's the problem with that. If you decide who and who not to use a condom with, then you are the risk. Yeah. You are the one that's a risk to her. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll say this much. I used to work at a plasma center. I'll leave them nameless. But I used to work at a plasma center as a lab tech. Yeah. And uh there was a there was a girl there and she had a boyfriend and her boyfriend's oh, test Oh, you tell me. Yeah, her boyfriend's test came up HIV positive. Oh my god. And what happens is is w- when that happens they basically freeze um the person's uh account or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. And they stop all their plasma uh donations and then they checked uh hers and she was HIV positive. She got it from her boyfriend. Mhm. Right? And she was like going through it she couldn't believe it had happened but this is the reason why it's important not only to use condoms but not to cheat we live yeah. in a world people can't even keep their dick in their pants i've never cheated in my life and people don't believe it are you sure you never cheated no it's easy not to cheat it's easy you not just, to cheat you just don't stick your dick in nothing and don't talk to no girl that's not i yours. can get as much pussy as i want when i'm single yeah. why would i get with a girl just to cheat on her that's so selfish yeah but the world is so selfish that we expect selfish shit. Yeah. We know that these mother I'm telling you right now, if someone's life depended on not going out, they would still fucking die. That's yeah. how stupid people are. If you put if if you had a nationwide lockdown lock, and, and you said if you get busted going out for anything non-essential, then we're gonna give you a five thousand dollar ticket. People would risk the ticket. Yeah. Cause they're that dumb. Yeah. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, there was a dude, I didn't even get in an argument with him, but he was telling me in the inbox, yeah, this virus, ain't, it's not that big a deal. It's this, it's not that. I'm still going to live my life. I said, okay. I said, go ahead and you do that, right? But don't be on Facebook asking for prayers if you get sick, okay? Don't be on there saying pray for me because you should have just saved your fucking ass in the house. You would have never had this fucking problem. The pro- the biggest problem with this virus is that you can have it and not have no symptoms. Exactly. So... The the reason why the lockdown is so important is because you can pass it on. Right. But because you're not showing any symptoms, people think that they're okay. Right. And here's the harsh reality of it. Me or Keith could have this shit while we just sitting here talking. Yeah. But we have we're responsible enough outside of here to say, I don't have it. But then again, you don't fucking know. Yeah. Okay, here's the deal. They say treat yourself like you have the virus, right? So why the fuck are you motherfuckers taking hikes? Mm-hmm. What are you doing in, in the park around a bunch of people? Mm-hmm. What are you doing jogging next to a bunch of people? If you think you had a virus, you should be in the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Y'all just dumb. I don't understand why it's so hard for you to sit the fuck down. It's like some people's whole existence revolves around them being out the door. I had a conversation with this one uh, this this one chick that works at this vitamin place. I'm not gonna say her name. But uh, she said her husband goes to the fucking store like three, four times a day. And I was like, yo, you need to tell him to sit the fuck down. I told her just like that for bed. You need to tell your husband to sit the fuck down because I don't know what the probability is, but he is making it higher and higher every time he goes out there. He could bring that virus back home. 
And what I wanted to tell her too is your husband ain't going out for food. He going out to get some pussy. Yeah, two, the, three times a the, day. The only thing that could drag a man from his family that many times is not the story. It's some pussy. He might come back with a bag of rice, but his nuts is empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's Yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I ran out of thoughts, but all right, that's well, pretty much it. All right. Well, switching gears. Um, what's considered non-essential, right? Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and, and insert this clip right here. Like non-essential items. If you go on the website, all the essential items are, are sold out. Until you restock and until you close this building, shut it down. Dildos are not uh, essential items. Books for kids, yes, but dildos... No, they should not be selling. All right. Now, I don't understand. Here's a deal, right? It, it, the, the topic of discussion in this video was a dildo, right? And, you know, he's like basically saying that's not essential. But let's be clear. We're in the middle of a quarantine. OK, I feel that a woman's pleasure is pretty important. Yeah. Right. So instead of a woman running out trying to get some quarantine dick, if she, <laughs> if she has a dildo and she, she can please herself, I don't have a problem with it. And I would actually consider that an essential item. A vibrator or a dildo to me is essential for a woman. Yeah. Right? Just mm -hmm. like imagine if women try to tell men that they couldn't jack off. You'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. You don't tell me what to do with my meat. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, you know, part of the, the reason why Pornhub did the whole, you know, premium trial. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it just... You, you just sitting at home, and you know, essentially, that becomes essential to your well being. Right. Some some people just gotta get their rocks off. There are so many things that are essential to our health and mental health. Sex is essential. I feel. I feel that um, obviously having sex is whether it's you know through a form of masturbation or through actual intercourse, both are important for your mental health. Mm -hmm. So you can't expect a woman to be inside the house the whole time. Just watching Netflix and watching rom-coms and not playing with her stuff, man. Yeah, watching Netflix and rom-coms. You, you watching all these rom-coms. Imagine a chick watching all those rom-coms with no dick. Mm -hmm. Not even a fake one, mm -hmm. right? Not even a vibrator. Nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They might get creative with a vegetable or something. Oh, God. <laughs> that's some real carrot juice right there. <laughs> carrot motherfucking juice. Yeah. I know what you vegetarians be doing. Yeah. yeah, over there, uh, cucumbers, uh, <laughs> wet cucumbers, eggplants. Oh my god, <laughs> eggplants. Oh man, but yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of times essential is, is also in the in the in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. Like what we consider essential is in the eye of the beholder. There are a lot of well, strip clubs are closed because they're considered non-essential, which I feel they're not essential at all. During social distancing, I don't need you clapping ass cheeks trying to give me a lap dance, right? Yeah. No, thank you. But there's somebody right now that feels that probably finds a very, they have like a very serene or a very um, therapeutic vibe when they go to a strip club. They probably like to, you know, hear the music and see the ass cheeks and, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Everyone has their happy place. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> and we can't discredit someone's happy place either. No. I think when when I think about this whole essential and non-essential thing, I think that 
obviously for the most part these businesses have shut down right um and even that they we we talked earlier about um the gyms that were still open here right, and right. then one of them finally uh, i think it was the other two day. in bakersfield that were still mm-hmm. open but um i know i only know of the one shutting down and it was in the news and he tried to he tried to pitch it as you know as being an essential business and no. you know some people basically saying like you can't get the same kind of workouts at home and Stuff like that. Yeah, I already know. Who yeah, it was. it was. He had some quotes in the article that was just like but, basically he's trying to pitch to the news why he should remain open, yeah. aka he just want the money to keep rolling. Yeah, there. if it's who I think it is, he lives in that fucking gym. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, he yeah. lives. He lives in there. Uh-huh. So it's it's essential for him because it's not only where he lives, it's where he makes his, his money. He's paying rent there. Too. He's paying. He's paying rent in there. Yeah. So yeah. he wants it to be open, but it's, <laughs> it's for one. And here's the thing: I'm not trying. I'm not even going to say the name of the gym, but I have a membership there. But I haven't been there in months prior, way prior to Corona, because the gym is filthy and ratty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a guy that got staph infection from there. Mm. And I was like, yo, I ain't never going back there because I don't want some shit growing off of my leg or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I don't go there. It's too dirty. So it was way dirty before the fucking Corona shit popped off. Yeah, it was worse now. I know it's where he probably got Corona and everything in there. He got Corona yeah. and Modelo in that motherfucker. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. but with this whole like essential and non-essential thing, I the way I think about it is... um. The, obviously, there's the only businesses that are open right now, like banks, grocery stores, right. uh, essentially places where you can get food. But when I think about um, essential and non-essential, I think about like the the other side as far as the workers. Right. Like, of course, a strip club is not essential for you know all, us to be hanging out and stuff. But at the same time, it is essential for those people to make money because. 100%. There's a lot of people that don't know how they're going to pay next month's rent because exactly. we're all in this lockdown right now. So it mm-hmm. sucks. And the thing about it is because it's not technically, it's not considered a lockdown. It's a stay at home order. And I will say that more people are playing by the rules than not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I go outside and I don't be seeing nobody out a lot of times. Yeah. So I will say a lot of people playing by the rules more than not. But the motherfuckers that are not playing by the rules, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, look here. I don't care if you think this is a hoax. I don't care if you think this is a conspiracy theory. Whatever. Be a fucking adult, especially if you got kids. Mm-hmm. If you got kids and you want to bring a virus to them, how about you not be a fucking dipshit? Because yeah. I'm tired of a lot of you motherfuckers on there that will use a conspiracy theory as facts and then will call me stupid or call me a sheep because I don't buy into it. Let me be very clear here. I don't put a blanket on y'all, but now I'm about to do it. You motherfuckers just try to look smarter than everybody from taking a conspiracy theory. And there is no merit to it. There's no facts behind it. But no you keep, research. No research. But then they'll tell you, do your research. Like, hold on, man. Where are you getting your research from? A fucking Cracker Jack box? <laughs> yeah. where, where are you getting your research from? Yeah. Y- YouTube? Who's? Where are you getting it from, buddy? Yeah. Okay? I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of a lot of things. I don't believe everything the government says, but I also don't believe that the fucking aliens gave us a goddamn virus. 
So it's like, give me a break, bro. He doesn't say anything. Oh, Donald Trump just did this so he could get reelected. Well, it's not so, going so good for him right no, now. No, no, no. See, 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 see. The see what it is. Corona in Hebrew means white. <laughs> so the white man is giving black men viruses to interrupt the black family. And you'd be like, well, actually, the coronavirus is affecting everyone. So <laughs> no, nah, see, that's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that, right? You like Nigga. Corona actually stands for crown, which is created by the white race. So the white race is essentially saying they are king of all people. I'd be like, man, if you don't shut your dumb ass up. Yeah, I hope <laughs> I hope you get Corona now. <laughs> I, I mean that jokingly, not literally, but it's like you know what you playing with Corona like that. It's gonna take you getting it for you to fucking wake up. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody to get this fucking shit, including myself or anybody I care about. Yeah. When, but here's the thing. I'm being real here. When this shit's over, folks, listen up very carefully. When this shit's over, you're going to look at a lot of people differently. You're going to see how they acted. You're going to see what they did, how many people they put in danger, all that shit. You're going to learn what people have zero skills, which people are lazy. Because now this, you have to pick up a skill, whoever you are. It doesn't matter who you are. People say, well, Everybody's saying you got to pick up a skill. No, you don't. If you're going to be in your house, you're going to be in your house. No, 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 no. If you're one of those motherfuckers that all you did was go to the barber and you can never cut your hair, guess who needs to figure out how to cut their hair? You. Yeah. If you need your nails done and you, and you haven't been to a nail salon in a long time and your hair is all fucked up, guess who got to learn how to do their hair? You. you. So you're going to pick up skills. Yeah. And honestly, it's stuff you should have been doing. Right. There's, I know people that can't actually afford haircuts. Right. But they haven't, you know, invested the time or the effort into like learning how to cut their own hair. Exactly. Imagine how much, like, I, I'm not the best barber in the world, but like, I cut my own hair. Yeah. You do a good job, though. You do a pretty good job. Appreciate it. And it's, just think about how much money you save. Like, I spent probably like 170. On the the like the clippers to edge my hair up, and then like fifty on the mm-hmm. the clippers to cut my hair. Right, and um, that's like I don't know how many like ten trips to the barbershop or something right. like that. Right, you know what I mean, man. So, and then after that, you just saving money. Yeah, you do a good mm-hmm. job on it now, but at first you used to be fucking up. <laughs> one, day, one day, Keith's uh, his edge up was crooked as hell. <laughs> Keith looked like his head, his edge up was so crooked it looked like he was leaning over to the left. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, man, what the hell?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I just started cutting my hair myself." <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't sound confident; like his voice didn't sound like he was happy about it. He's like, "Yeah, I just started cutting my hair myself." <laughs> That's like, funny. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't. You're not. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that's a, is that's a, the thing for me is like I've always been like a curious person, right? So this 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 quarantine is, has not really changed like how I view like increasing your skills or like getting or you know improving your skill set, right? Um, it's only you know giving me. I guess more opportunity. I, I'm actually using this more so. Like, there are some people that are ramping it up. Right. Like, yo, we need to do, um, we need to record more podcasts or we need to oh, uh, yeah. write more or whatever. But I'm almost doing this like reverse than everyone. Like, right. I've been chilling a lot more than um, than other people have because I'm already doing those things anyway. You've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Look here, man. We on episode 106. Yeah. We ain't never stopped this train from moving. Yeah. Me and Keith do this shit like it's just nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Not trying to make it like we're just fucking all stars and we're just the best at everything, but yeah. this is not even a chore. We like doing this. Yeah. We've been doing this. It's literally a quarantine situation and we have never stopped. Yeah. So it just the thing about it, man, if you got the wheels moving before anything major happens, then it's not gonna stop. Yeah. It's gonna be really easy to do it. It's it's crazy too. I was telling Eddie that um one of the more popular podcasts out there, the Joe Budden podcast, they yeah. said they was taking a little hiatus due to the coronavirus. So it's getting it's getting more and more serious, yeah. you know. And it's oh my bad. It's important for us to um, you know, be mindful about you know not even ourselves. Be mindful of the people around you. A hundred percent. But they also live in New York. That's like the That's fucking the, yeah, epicenter. Hotbed, yeah. Yeah, so they gotta take it. They gotta take a break off of that. There's too many motherfuckers getting that shit. Yeah. Oh my god, it's bad. I mean, yeah. there. I think that just the way New York is, as long as New York is down, the whole country is gonna be down. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way we op- like April 30th. I don't think that's good enough. Yeah, this, this shit gonna be down for a minute. Um. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Um. Uh, we'll just run this all in together. Um, I feel like it's essential, or I guess that's the right word for this. But they got to do, they got to like retroact or something for these high schoolers because you take the whole year away from them, man. That's mm-hmm. fucked up. When I was in high school, we got those last weeks to, you know, to just kind of prepare for the end of our high school lives. Some of these people you'll never see again. I mean, there's some people I went to high school with, and I have not seen them since 2003. Yearbooks, yearbook awesome. signings, yeah, proms. Um, some some people, some kids that run track have been working hard all year. They can't even go to state. Yeah, it's so fucked up. I think that whenever this shit's over, they need to let the kids go back to school for like two weeks, and that's it. Like, give them some type of experience. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, you mean to tell me you're gonna just end the school year with a virus, though? Man, that's but, I terrible. mean, it also depends like when it starts. I mean, when this pandemic is over, because right, if I mean, school is out in May, right? They start summer school the next Monday, right? So the, I mean, I don't even know where there's a gap where they can fit all those in. I, I, all I know, all I know is this, man. If they can't get these kids, um, to get a couple weeks of school in. They need to let them go across the fucking stage. I think that, yeah, I think above anything, I don't know about having two more weeks of school, but definitely give them a graduation. Uh, 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 not even just a paper, like a real one. Yeah. And this is why graduations are so important, even high school. People don't think much about it, but let me be clear. There's some people that are immigrants, right, that came to this country to give their family a better life, and they didn't have an education, and their kid is the first one to get one. Yeah. So that moment means a lot to hear your kid's name walking across that stage and motherfucking uh, taking pictures with them after that and things that all that yeah. shit is important. Even even college is more importantly. Hell I yeah. mean, you know, what graduating college was one of my fondest memories. You know, I had yeah. my family there and my grandma and, you know, uh, my uh, my brother and stuff came out. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, uh, the first person in my immediate family to get a, a college degree. So yeah, um, that was a big deal for us. And I could only, and I graduated three years ago, so I could only imagine yeah. like what it would feel like for um, for me not to be able to walk across the stage. Right, man. It, it's, it means a whole lot. It's a huge accomplishment. 
mm-hmm. you know, high school is just the graduation is just the prequel to college. But mm-hmm. a lot of people that are there seeing that graduation never made it past like fifth, sixth grade. They got yeah. a fifth, sixth grade education. They just they, they just worked all their life or they came here to provide a better life for their family. And mm-hmm. you literally are robbing them of the opportunity to see that if you don't even give them the chance to go across the stage. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. Okay, I graduated from Bakersfield High back in 2003, and we were the first class to have a, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was 1941, I think it was in the 40s. Mm -hmm. It was a a lot of Japanese graduates, because they got taken to, I think they're called internment camps, Mm -hmm. and they were not able to graduate. And they graduated with my class back in 2003. And it was all like a last minute thing because we were all confused. It was a bunch of old Japanese people. Yeah. And we were sitting there like, yo, what's going on? Yeah. And they start calling in. It was a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. And I, they was all older. I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. And uh, you hear their name like Suzuki Asanaki. <laughs> and then we see the older people walking across <laughs> the stage. And then like I looked up way up in the stands because my dad was over there. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at him and he decided to look like he didn't know what was going on. Goku. Kamehameha. (laughs) (laughs) Mazda. Six. (laughs) RAV4. (laughs) Toyota. Supra. (laughs) (laughs) They call somebody's first name, they be like, (laughs) (laughs) Japan. Oh man, funny. you know how I guess supposedly they they told parents like when your kid goes across the stage they like I guess they told parents don't clap or anything until all the students are done. No one ever listens, bro. Nobody listened. I remember when I went across the stage, yeah. my dad was like, "That's my son." <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was, you can hear all of that too. Huh? Yo, and, yo, I'm telling you, you know that you man. Some people got huge families. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, uh, I think it was my homie uh, Angel went across there and he had a, he had a bunch of family because you only have so many tickets. Yeah. But you see like a whole section of the stand stand up for Angel. <laughs> like, yeah, that's my son. That's my son. You got a whole family over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my primo right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely a big deal, man. I, I You know, I remember vividly those the both of those graduations in my high school even my junior high graduation it was a big deal so yeah that's another thing that they won't get to do yeah they also said uh this is hilarious that you know i was crying with tears in my eyes at my at my uh graduation because people was roasting mm-hmm. everybody that went across the stage people was getting roasted mm-hmm. this dude named craig went up and it was like Nigga, you smell like piss. Oh, what? <laughs> and then we was sitting there busting up. Like, yeah. everybody was like, like, it was almost like the last time everybody's going to get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of hand. This one dude went up, and uh, I don't know, I didn't know his real name was this. It was like David John Agaboogie. I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck is that? <laughs> you, yeah. And some so, people, you don't know their name till you, like, yeah. you don't actually know their name until they graduate. Some people would be going by their middle name as their first name. Right. Like their first name. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah, man, it was hilarious. Yeah, man. it was good times, man, good times. Yeah. All right, man, switching gears. <clears throat> um, sometimes you could be speaking from privilege and not even realize it. Yeah. And let me be clear. 
When I'm speaking of privilege, I'm not saying white privilege. I'm saying privilege, privilege. Okay. Um, the other day I was having a conversation uh, with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about you know the government and things of that nature. And I was like, "Yo, they, the American people don't want to go back to work with a whole virus out there right now. That's not right. You know, the American people need to be healthy and go back because without healthy Americans, you won't have a good economy." And he was saying like, yeah, that's true. But I bet you there's some people that rather be working right now. And I'm like, nah, bro. Hell no. Nah. He's like, well, you're saying that, but you're the one that got a job. We both have our jobs. And I was just like, yo. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me to dictate what should be going on in other people's lives when I've never stopped working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's easy for me to, to talk about all these things when I got a refrigerator full of food. You know, when I have a savings, when I have all these things right now, and the average American does not have that. The yeah. average American lives paycheck to paycheck. I think, was it like 70% or something like that? Mm-hmm. Lives, they live paycheck to paycheck. So when this shit first happened, they, were, they weren't even ready for it. Yeah. They've been fucked since the moment the market went, well, since we went on staying at home and businesses went down, people have been fucked since that, t- that day. Yeah. It's it's really unfair, but mm-hmm. it just sometimes you have to peel back the layers of your own hypocrisy. Yes. In order for you to see how other people are living. Like I was telling Keith before the podcast, that there's someone that is living the complete opposite from me. Like I got a bunch of drinks and food and everything in my refrigerator. And there's somebody right now that has one box of ramen noodles and a little bit of bologna in a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to think about, man. Yeah. I think that I think that's extremely important as far as like just recognizing your own privilege. Um, I was telling Eddie er- earlier, and I don't want to say the situation specifically um, because you know I don't want to offend anyone. And I also think that like even even though you have a thought about it, it could be your friend, your 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 family, or something like that. Um, that's why it's important not to always speak your mind. You know what I mean? That's I think very it, true. I think it's important to to hold some things in or even like work out ideas um, with someone that you're not specifically talking about. And it's not necessarily talking behind their back. It's almost just coming to an understanding about the situation right. um, and, and them as a whole. But um, but I, I had to, you know, check myself because like I was, you know, working in a, in a situation where I felt like... Um, I was either being overworked or I was doing work that I didn't genuinely genuinely want to do it in my heart. And I was like, yo, like why <clears throat> why should I be here venting or complaining about this situation when it's a great opportunity? Right. Like in a grand scheme of things, like the work that we were doing or and we are doing is like stuff that people actually appreciate. You know right. what I mean? So I had to check myself and be like, yo, there's people out there in the world that would kill for this opportunity. Very true. There's people um, <clears throat> going to film school or whatever, um, you know, or, you know, at home right now, just, you know, on the internet, just trying to figure out life. And they would love to be in a position that I am now. Very true. So I had to tell, tell myself, I was like, yo, and I told the people around me that weren't the people that I was specifically talking about. I was like, yo, if I'm ever complaining about those things, just let me know. And, you know, so um, it's extremely important to check those check those privilege privileges and also just to be aware, because um, the biggest thing and what happens a lot, too, is that things that we don't like about 
um, the world and society tend to be things that we like low key be doing ourselves. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I always tell people like at least the people around me, I'm like, yo, you can't like stop complaining about right. whatever because that's not going to get you nowhere. You know, no. you want to you want to put positivity out into the world. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, those are some thoughts that I had about this situation. You know, another thing that some of us do without even realizing it is we will literally go up to somebody and start talking and might kind of slightly vent about a problem you're having when it's a completely fucking first world problem. Yeah. You might be like, oh, my batteries, my battery on my phone keeps dying. I might have to get a new phone. And they're thinking like, yo, I can't even feed my fucking kids. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. That's the most important thing because yeah. like, like, just like you said. If you going and you venting to someone or, you know, you, you fit and it, and it might be it might be just a slight gripe that you have about right. whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yo, man, I hate when um, like I went to uh, where did I go the other day? I went to get like a chicken sandwich or something. And um, typical. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got it. And I was like, it was a I think got I got it. it. I it think like I a killed little- it. Little fly, was in some gnatting here. Nat, that nat, nat, nat. was just like so annoying. Yeah. All right. Now, what were you saying about chicken sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the juices are still on my. Oh shit! Still the juices. <laughs> bug juice. <laughs> it's not the good. That's not the good juice. It ain't the <laughs> pussy juice. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was telling. I was talking to somebody earlier, and I was like. um I was like, sometimes like when we come in here um, and we're down and then right when you be like, yo, it's, you know, it's your boy, Eddie McGee. And I'll be like, yo, it's your boy, K. Fings. That's like the switch or like that's the the moment before you walk out of the tunnel for a football game. True. So I was like saying like, I could come in here tired and then I'll be like, it's your boy, K. Fings. And I just have a a bunch of energy. And then after that, I was just like, pussy, 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 pussy. Wow. But I was just like, <laughs> wow. I was just like, it, it's just funny because, um, you know, from the outside looking in, if you're a casual listener, you may think that we just always talk about pussy. God, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. That is so not true. <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. just. You totally missed your point about the fucking chicken sandwich, though. Yeah. So I had a chicken sandwich and I was just complaining about how gross it was. But at the same time, if you think about it, it's like, it's somebody at home that's right. that wishes they could go to a fast food restaurant. Right. Right? So, you know, I think it's just important to obviously you can have a gripe. You can you can you can expect have expectations as far as like something that you pay for, but um just understand that there's somebody out there in the world that is uh hurting right now, especially due to this this virus and people don't know when they're gonna get their unemployment. People the the, the freaking um welfare office they're not they don't have enough workers in there and they're, a Man. lot of workers are being sent home they yep. got like you got to communicate through you know just yep. through calls now and yep. robot um, i don't know fucking what you call it the um the automated service mm-hmm. your food stamps have not arrived yet yeah yeah and i know the phones are ringing off the hook and unemployment the same thing um so it's a lot of people hurting out there yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fucked up. And you, you think about it, too. Think about everything you do, every little thing you do, and you will find privileges in everything. Yeah. Like me, I'm I'm waiting on back order for a pistol that I bought. So I'm waiting on a gun and I'm getting ammo when most mm. people can't even get food. Yeah. Think about that. A lot of motherfuckers can't get toilet paper. I got that. A lot of motherfuckers can't get food. I got that. A lot of motherfuckers ain't got money. I got that. A lot of people ain't got cars. I got two of them. Yeah. So it's like... When you are living in privilege, you need to realize that. 
And then some of y'all that, that will say like, a lot of people are struggling, but they should have set themselves up better before this happened. Uh, let me be very clear. If this were five years ago, I would not be ready for this. Yeah. I would be waiting on a check for the government. I would be broke with hardly no savings at all. They t- it feel like we tend to judge these people. Right. These people are getting food stamps. They're getting handouts. They're yeah. getting this. And, you Come know, on. And um, that was a, um, I think I told the story before. I was talking to this producer and she was, she 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 led on or she tried to make herself say something like or she tried to like present herself as this person that's not political or whatever but oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. right after she started talking about like you know basically people getting handouts and I work for this and I did that I came from Shut whatever up. country and did this and you could tell she was just extremely conservative um but she worked in Hollywood and Hollywood is essentially stopped right now yeah. So I'm just curious to see like how she's managing in this situation. But the ironic part is, is that those people that are making minimum wage and that were like under the minimum uh, salary to yeah. get like welfare and you know certain different government assistance, yeah. those are the people that are actually working right now. Yeah. So the roles are reversed. So if you if I you know see you in an unemployment line or mm-hmm. you are out there trying to get some food stamps or some government assistance, I'm gonna be judging you. Yeah. If you're the same ones that's telling uh, Mexicans to go back to Mexico and you here illegally. Guess what? They still got their job. <laughs> <laughs> they still working. They ain't never stopped. That's real. So who's essential now? Yeah. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Some of this essential stuff is is, you know, I don't know. It's who's working hard now. Yeah, he, who's it's neither here nor there a lot of times, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh switching gears. Um the fragile male ego. Um me and Keith are having a conversation before the podcast is just where this came from Mm -hmm. and there's been so many scenarios man i don't even know where to start it's kind of where you where you see men acting out right let's give an example um let's say that there's a guy right he likes this girl and he's trying to get he's trying to woo her she's kind of like you know kind of like friend zoning him but not and he's kind of around she kind of texts him here and there and then it kind of goes cold right it's not really much going on um, and then all of a sudden you come along and a young lady takes interest in you and whoever the guy was um, that got, you know, kind of rejected by the girl that likes you. He's trying to get noticed. Yeah. He's trying to stand. He's trying to have a conversation with you, too. And he's trying to crack jokes, trying to be the funniest person in the world. And it's like that's the fragile male ego. If you seen that a woman does not like you back off. You have absolutely no reason to be around. Okay. For example, how many of you guys listening to this podcast have a girlfriend or a wife? Probably a good amount of you. And whenever you take your wife or your girlfriend around certain people or certain men, that guy's always trying to be the funniest motherfucker in the room. But every time you've seen him outside of that situation, he's just normal. That's because he's trying to get attention. Yeah. That's it. He's trying Mm -hmm. to get attention. And his ego will not allow him to say, hey, my homie's got a girl or a wife, and I'm just trying to just, you know, go with the flow. I don't want to have no problems. But a lot of men have these ego problems. It's really weird, man. Yeah, I think um, this is a a scenario that I've uh, experienced a few times. Um, So there was one situation where uh, I have two friends, and uh, 
let's see if I could maneuver around this conversation without throwing somebody under the bus. But um, there's this girl, right? That so there's this friend. Let me see. So there's let's say their names are Johnny and David. So there's this girl that Johnny allegedly has sex with or he hit back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and then. Six, seven, eight years later, after we're all out of high school and everything, um, another situation comes up to where uh, Johnny and David um, come around this girl again in some in some other capacity. The girl starts to take a liking towards David. Like I said, Johnny already hit her back in the day, allegedly. Right. But the girl likes David now. Right. And then David ends up hitting her. Mm-hmm. Um, or David, he not even he hasn't even hit her yet, but... David has just been hanging around her. Right. her the, you know, you can see there's a little bit of flirting going right. on and stuff like that. Right. Um, so a situation happens where all four of us, and myself included, have a have some sort of meeting. And um, Johnny starts to notice David and the girl mm-hmm. are flirting a little bit. They may right. have gone to get food. Right. Um, and then came back. They all laughing and telling jokes to one another with food in their hand. And right. everybody's all giddy. And um, Johnny starts starts to resent the situation in general. Right. And through the whole meeting that we had, Johnny is just like talking smart, saying little remarks here and there, just yeah. being like, just having an attitude about the whole day. Right. Um, and that's just exactly what you're saying. Like people, yeah. they have their fragile. I mean, their egos are so fragile that they just don't even know how to. Um, deal with these situations and also what happens is because they lack self-awareness they don't even know that they're acting out right so they're just they're just out here you know saying little stuff here and there talking smart acting you know having this attitude um and you know from our perspective we understand what's going on like you just hurt like Mm -hmm. because the dude got the girl and what happens even uh, also is that even if you did like hit the girl back in the day um which you should, you know, essentially be satisfied with because yeah. you got, you know, you both got yeah. what yeah, you what wanted, wanted to out of the situation. But dudes are so possessive right. that if, you know, you could have been hitting a girl for like six months and then if she move on or she cuts you off, like dudes be so hurt by that yeah, that they just start acting stupid. out the same way. It's like, it's weird. Dudes have an ego problem and are also territorial. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look here, man, a woman is not property. Like, yeah. You guys can mutually be having sex and hanging out. Everything's good. But if she wants to move on from you, bye. Then let she, that's her right to move on from you. Yeah. She really doesn't have to give you notice. If you never took it upon yourself to make her your girlfriend, then she could just overnight say bye and move on and start talking to somebody else. Yeah. That's how it goes, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. So you got to move on. And then whenever the girl moves on and um, she starts liking the dude and the dude likes her or whatever the case, whatever the relationship is, and then you come around and you're like, envious or jealous yeah that's your problem also if you the only thing you can offer a girl is dick then that's your problem also that is true like if she starts liking this guy um because he has you know uh much more than you on a intangible level right he's probably a better person he can he has deeper conversations and all you know all these sort of things that would make a woman like you deeper strokes (laughs) yeah Yeah, all, all, all that hitting the, hitting the cervix and whatnot. 
<laughs> oh man just like you know it's funny if, if a girl's describing a dude that she likes and she keeps using the word deeper like the conversation is deeper like it's such a really deep thing all you know that just means he can deepen that yeah he's deeper than every he's deeper than any guy i've ever met like you know what's going on here yeah this is interesting like i i haven't I haven't really been in uh like that like I don't have that sort of like fragile ego. Right. So I've never been in that situation. But I yeah. have been in situations where like a girl I was messing with a girl I was had like a casual relationship with mm-hmm. went on and actually found a boyfriend. Right. And for me, like I'm always happy for these these uh these women because um they found what they wanted. And a lot of times these are like good people, but you know, they were just you know, I wouldn't say passing time, but like passing time until they actually found someone that liked True. it. True, and that's okay too. Yeah, and that's okay. So I wouldn't have any sort of resentment. I wouldn't be comparing no. myself to the guy like, oh, this nigga can't hit it like I hit it or yeah, whatever. It's just like I'm just happy she, you know, found somebody. Yeah, I, like I've even seen some of these people in person and just waved and kept it moving. So yeah, it's it's an ego. A lot of men have ego problems, and they'd be thinking that they're. They thinking that they're fucking a chick better than she's ever been fucked in her life, and that's yeah. a lie. Like yeah. even if you got skills and you putting it down, it's probably some dude that was fucking her fucking brains out. Yeah, and then here you come like with regular dick, thinking that you <laughs> not real. You don't even realize your dick is regular. A lot, of, a lot. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize nah. that they not doing no real damage. It's probably some dudes stroking with a short dick. Like you like that? Huh? <laughs> you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, dude. You know, it, it I think it, it's interesting though. You see um you start to see uh these patterns and how right. um you you start to hear about different so I think the most accurate not not necessarily, but you get an extremely accurate depiction of a guy based off of what a woman tells you. And, mm. and it's not a 100% thing, right? Because women do lie and they do like like to paint narratives about guys. But right. what I'm saying is there's a guy that or a friend or a mutual friend that we all have and even all of our listeners have. And he's one way around us. Mm. But when it starts right. to talk to women um, or the stories that women would tell you about him, he'd be mm. like, yeah, he a sucker. Like he always, you know, he'd be double texting me. He'd be doing this. He'd be doing that. Like, yeah. um he be trying to talk to me, but what you start, so you start to hear those stories mm-hmm. and then you start to align them with how they're acting on social media. Mm. And then you'll see these same guys like posting these pictures, um, which to me screams out like an insecurity, but to them it may be like, right. yo, I, I, you know, I got dressed up this day and I look nice or whatever. Yeah. But to me, it's just like, oh, like, okay, you have, I can tell there's a little bit of insecurity about yeah. yourself. I need uh, you to see me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's like, come on, man. Here's, here's another thing a lot of insecure men do. Uh, for example, let's say that there's, let's say, the, let, let's, let's change the, the setting. Let's say it's a workplace, right? And we all know that in a workplace, you're not supposed to be fucking girls you work with. Like, it's, I guess it goes against ethics. But I've, I've fucked girls that I work with before. <laughs> I literally have. But um, let's say, for example, you're in a workplace setting and there's a girl that's really pretty there. And there's a there's a guy that openly, clearly likes one of the late, the young ladies there. And he probably takes her to lunch. He's probably trying to woo her. It's just like one of those workplace friendships slash 
you know, one the guy likes the girl, but she ain't really feeling him type of thing. And yeah. then and then you come along, and then she actually starts liking you mm-hmm. a lot, and it's becoming um, obvious to people from the outside looking in. Yeah, so they can see that she likes you, but the guy that has been rejected by that girl is now he's like always wants to be seen, always wants to be heard. Hey, 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 uh, hey, so we going to lunch still or what? We still on for lunch? Yeah, talking to the girl that likes you. Yeah. And the girl's like, oh, no, I'm good today. I'm good. And then she stays talking to you. Basically, there's, the guy will try his hardest to cock block you. Yeah. But here's the problem, bro. You can't block my cock. <laughs> you can't. My cock was destined to do <laughs> what it was going to do. The king. You ain't no Dikembe Mutombo. You ain't blocking this. <laughs> you ain't blocking this cock. Good luck, buddy. That was funny. Dang, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know what, I, what I've um, started to realize, and I think the podcast has really just like expanded my mind in, you know, right. into this whole like psychological thing. Um, and, and just growing um, and just being older, you know, my uh, prefrontal cortex is fully developed now. You know all what right. I mean? I ain't got no soft brain. I ain't got no mushy brain no there more. There you go. <laughs> all, them but, chicken, all, them, all them chicken sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, hey, all, all the chicken sandwiches gave you enough protein to grow that frontal cortex up. Um, but what I was uh, what I was getting at is that sometimes I feel like I understand people more than they understand themselves. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, because yeah. I be seeing people and they they're just acting certain ways, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's insecurity. Right, oh, okay, you got some trauma. Oh, okay, this is you're just regurgitating information oh you're just reiterating something that happened to you when you're right i'm just you know you're just kind of like maneuvering through the world like this here's a gym i'm about to drop a bar real quick when you become more aware of yourself you become more aware of others yes so the more self-aware you become you'll say you know i did that but that was i was insecure about the knowledge that i had that's why i said that yeah that's why i did that when you become more self-aware of how you're moving in the world you see other people doing it yeah you'll see people complain about things that clearly are because they don't exhibit the behavior that they they don't exhibit the behavior that they should be doing in order to get what they want mm-hmm. but they don't see it yeah which is weird to me like you'll see a chick with you got a little small skirt going all the way up your back your ass cheeks showing your titties is out mm-hmm. you're twerking your tongue's all out of your mouth and yeah. you're like wow these dudes ain't shit and i'll be thinking like look well you're not giving them much to work with and, and the thing is is a lot of women get mad when you say something like it doesn't matter how a girl dresses. You're just trying to tell people how to, what they should do. No, it's not that at all. Okay. If I told you that a chicken sandwich was good, but the lettuce was hanging all off the fucking bun and the bun was soggy and sauces everywhere, you would think that that sandwich was nasty. How different is that from us? Yeah. It's not any different. <clears throat> mm-hmm. the, on the commercial, when you turn on the, uh, the commercial for McDonald's, the burgers look so fresh. But when you go get it, it's flat. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and you would look at the burger and say that's nasty. Yeah, humans are no different than a fucking burger at a restaurant because you be looking nasty. But if you were self aware, you would have known that. But also that that presentation says um, a lot about you. Also, right? You, uh, we, let's think about um, how we look at 
different artists. Right. And, you know, there's certain rappers that have 30 chains and they right. icy or whatever. Then you got J. Cole or Gambino. That Gambino got a dad by J. <laughs> <laughs> J. Cole just throw, you know, he throw on his his uh his joggers and a yeah, you know J- a t shirt and J. Cole looked like every homeless nigga. <laughs> <laughs> right? But they yeah. they sell him more records than everybody, you know, they got Grammys and yeah. you know and sold out tours and stuff like that. But right. you know, then and that that shows a um to me, like the the dichotomy of of different artists, right? 100%. A lot of artists come into the game with insecurity, so yeah. they got to mask it with People chains. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got to mask it with chains. They got to mask it with Gucci. They got to mask it with you know Louis Vuitton, all this stuff. Yeah. But you know, you see these guys extremely successful, um, and you know, wearing old sneakers or whatever. Right. So it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's just a, it's a the the mind is extremely complex and. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a it's an inter- interesting journey. Um, just like we said, just developing these podcast topics and seeing how people move out into the world and just thinking out loud about these things. It's yeah. almost like a like we we're taking this uh, college course through the podcast, so yeah. it's pretty dope. And it's I mean it's also it's hard to love people when you hate yourself. Yeah. And yeah, you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. people say that's not true because I know people who are very loving, but they don't like themselves. I think two things could be true. You know what I'm saying? I think that it's some people, you know, like uh, the Robin Williams of the world, who was a comedian and stuff, and he had a lot of uh, stress and anxiety and and, and mental illness <clears throat> issues. Uh, and they said he was a loving person, and it's a lot of people like that also. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also true that if you don't love yourself, you can't love other people. And mm-hmm. you know, I think having a low self esteem is almost a form of self hate, also. Yeah, you know, um, if you got a super low self esteem, you're not focusing on the pluses. You're looking at all the minuses, mm-hmm. right? And that could affect how you interact with the world. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah, the reason why I feel like I show people love is because I genuinely love myself. I've been through enough life and situations that it's like, yo, I'm not gonna treat people a certain way regardless of how my day is going. Have you ever seen a person that's having a bad day and they curse somebody out or whatever, and they be like, and then their their excuse is, "I'm sorry, I'm having a bad day." That's not a good that's excuse. Not, yeah. That's your life. That's your problem. Mm-hmm. You never take your problem on someone else. But imagine that on a grand scale, like a grand scale where it's not like you're just having a bad day. Imagine having a bad life. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad life, you're not going to be able to treat people the way you should be treating them. Yeah. And you also may have a low self-esteem. So it all kind of intertwines in a way. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, um, and we talked about it before mm-hmm. um, on a, like, you know, maybe like months and months ago right, about right. Um, just what you learn about yourself just by being single and just like sitting down somewhere. And even like, even something as simple as just being quiet. Like, I think yeah. that's what this this quarantine is so important for. Um just the ability to sit in a room and just listen to yourself and you know music or nothing and it's not like any sort of meditation but because what what i feel like happens is is like there's so much noise in the world whether Mm -hmm. you're going to work it's traffic etc um i think that when you really have to sit down and like listen to or think about uh, subconsciously the things that happened in your childhood the things yeah. that happened to your last girlfriend yeah the things that happened to your last boyfriend or whatever like last you really sandwich. yeah the, the traumatic nasty chicken sandwich you just had 
<laughs> like you really, you know, you really have to sit with these thoughts and learn how to deal with them. Um, and um, that's what I think people don't do enough. Like, not at all. Yeah. I, I think the most beautiful thing about this whole pandemic is it gave us the opportunity to be still. Yeah, you know, be still and um, uh, reevaluate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, me. I, I mean, obviously, I live alone, so you know, I turn the TV off, and sometimes, and I just sit there and just be in my thoughts, think about what I want to do, where I want to be when, when, it, whenever the economy and everything picks up, and everybody else is working, and everybody's back to seeing each other at work. I want to be a step ahead of everybody. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of selfish. But I want to be a step ahead of everybody. I don't mean that only from like a like a financial sense. I want to be a, a step ahead of everybody with knowledge, what I've learned, what I've started. Yeah. You know, when the economy picks up and and the world is starting to consume a lot of things, how I can benefit off of those things. Yeah. You get the ball rolling on something, that'll be great. But you can't accomplish any of that if you don't get a chance to be still. What I encourage everyone to do, and I know I'm not a therapist, I encourage you to look in the mirror. And say to yourself everything that is truly on your mind, because you could walk out here and act like you're hot shit, but you cannot lie to you. Yeah. Go in that mirror and look at yourself. I did it over five years ago. And saying those things out loud to myself, kind of, it put me in tears. I was crying. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Because I realized like, yo, I got to make a change. You know, yeah. this is not enough. This is what a lot of people need to be doing. Even even uh, outside of like, um, one thing that I've realized with my friendships and relationships that like if I don't say certain things out loud, mm-hmm. then I'll hold on to them and they're going to come out one way or another. Right. So I, certain things like um, certain things that my dad would do or whatever, like it would bother me. And then I would just hold it in. And then, That's not you know, somebody would talk to me and I may lash out. I may talk smart. I may do, right. you know, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, in my mind, I don't actually know where this is coming from mm-hmm. because the situation where I lashed out was not that big of a deal. Right. But because you haven't actually verbalized why you're feeling that way. Right. Then, um you know, you, you just lash out. So what I what I realize is that I have to actually say these things out loud to somebody right. in order to, like, to get it off my chest. Not only say them uh, out loud, but say them concurrently. Yeah. Because if you say something concurrently, then you're nipping you in that situation. You mean while the situation exactly. is happening? Yeah. Do it concurrently because if you, let, if you hold it in, it's going to come out in an, a very um, ignorant and unintelligent way. Yeah. It's going to come out in a way that's beneath you. You might say, damn, every, every fucking time you do that. Yeah. But you never would have said that if you say, hey, you tend to do that a lot. Is there any way you could try to find a way to fix that? Yeah. There, there's so many ways you can fix it. Now, that's a lot of problem with a lot of relationships, too. Mm-hmm. People tend to hold shit back, hold shit back, hold shit back. Yeah. And then one, one thing bad happened, they just blow up on you. Yeah. Or, or you blow up on them. And it's like, you know what? Like, now I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to where if I get in that situation... I'm going to say, you know what? You're mad at me for this, and I'm sorry, but you never told me this was a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You never told me. I know that now, but now you've yelled at me, and I'm not even offended, but I just want you to know that if you ever have something to tell me from now on, you better tell me now. Yeah. You know? One thing that I recently discovered is how, like, um, and I'm still trying to work this idea out as far as, like, where it came from or 
why it affects me this way is but like sometimes when I see uh certain people drink like it really like bothers me and it's not mm. I don't I don't know like like I I have like and traumatic in the sense of like the definition not traumatic in the sense of like oh my gosh like the world is going to end right, but just right. traumatic in the sense of like you know what a therapist would say is 100%, traumatic 100%. um experiences with like people and drinking and stuff so like oh, gotcha. um so i've seen certain things so um i think that's the root of it but i i just remember like um scenarios like with with my mom and my mom is not even like a drinker like that she drinks right. like every blue moon Right. Um, I never, but I, I've never seen her drink, but like yeah. one, one time. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So I just remember like a time when she was drinking and I didn't do anything like bad, but I can tell like emotionally I started to feel a certain kind of way. Gotcha. So she was talking to me and I was being like, like low key disrespectful to her. Like Ouch. not really like talking back, but just like she would tell me to do something like, hey, take, you know, could you take the trash over here or whatever? And you, I would just be, be frustrated. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you, like you're telling me this. Look at you. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've had and, those moments many mm-hmm, times. Yeah, yeah. And it, and t- to me, that it's not. That's not even a way where what I sh- that not even a way in which I should handle that situation. One hundred percent. Also, she's not doing anything wrong. Like she's a grown woman. She right, can drink. Right. But for whatever reason, like it just it just made me feel a certain kind of way. Right. And um. So that that still happens. Like. To this day, but not mm-hmm. to that extent. One hundred percent. But it was just something that only like maybe last week that I realized, like the light, like the light bulb mm-hmm. turned on, and I was like, "Yo, like I'm tripping. Like Self-awareness. I really need to, yeah, I really need to figure out why this is going on oh, yeah. um, before I start lashing out at people." Oh yeah, I have those moments with my dad where it mm-hmm. makes you feel like you know if they're not doing something, it's kind of hard to explain. If they're not doing something that you deem responsible or parent like, and they're almost in a moment where they're not being um, the the parent that you have in your mind, you kind of like it's not so much lash out, but you kind of have a tone in which is not on par yeah. uh, with them being your parent, and you can yeah. get out get outside of yourself sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I've literally corrected myself and apologized immediately mm-hmm. because you got to realize, yeah, they may be your parent, but they're also a fucking human being. Yeah, and they were totally different before your ass came around. Yeah, so it's like you gotta you gotta be able to rationalize that. Yeah, I was I was telling you off air about that that movie American Honey. Yeah. And I'll get I'll you know I won't spoil it for you or I'll let you. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. I'm watching yeah, that. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, that. but it's it's so much of that, and I think it's going to be. But for the listeners out there, the movie is basically um, it's not an autobiography of Shia LaBeouf, but basically it's a um, it's a a culmination of all of his life experiences, and they kind of uh, and he kind of like uh, puts it into this this narrative, right. and um, a lot of it is taken from his life. Um, but you know they change the name of the people and they change his his character's name and stuff like that and where he lives. But it's basically his biography. Mm. Um, and when I uh, when I started watching it, like two three minutes in, I was like, oh, this is this is about therapy. This is about psychology and mm. stuff like that and how you know your parents can affect the way you're moving. And and for us, for all of us out here that are fans of Shia LaBeouf, we understand like he was wearing a bag to the theater, the right. bag over his head to the theater. He was, you know, drunk driving and, you know, beating up people and lashing out at cops and all these different things. Um, but, you know, for him only through that therapy did he discover um, why he was doing all these things. And that led to the actual movie. So, 
um, I just say that to say, like, you know, that's kind of the the journey that me and Eddie are going through yeah. as far as like just the self discovery <laughs> and how um, our grandparents, how our parents, how our aunts and uncles, and all these people that have surrounded us throughout our the duration of our life have um, uh, put or they have affected our lives and how and why we are the way we are right 100%. now. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to ask yourself too, like, is it worth it? Let me work it. I put the thing down, flip it in. <laughs> it's your <laughs> friend <laughs> swing it. <laughs> it's your <laughs> friend <laughs> swing it. <laughs> oh, man. I bet you the listeners is like, really? They're expecting something, something profound. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, Money gives you access. Me and Keith were talking about this. I don't think a lot of people that, you know, especially if you're a person that come from a family that, you know, had a business and was well, well versed in financial literacy and things of that nature. You don't realize the access that you had. But let me give you an example. Um, uh, Basically, if you grew up in a family where there was a family business and and everyone had a house and 401ks and all of these things, you have access that a lot of people don't have. The average person is living paycheck to paycheck. They don't really own anything. So yeah. you have a business, you have a property, you have all these different things. So you have the access. But poor people don't have anything, man. They don't, they don't really own shit, nothing. Um, and also... Uh, What's another example of something somebody with access would have? Um, Keith? Um, just stocks. Stocks. You yeah. know, just a savings account. Um, exactly. Uh, 401ks. Just the ability to put aside money. Right. You know, any sort of thing like that. Exactly. Uh, 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 Roth IRA. Exactly. You know? Have the ability to um, maintain during uh, the, like, yeah, well, like right now. For example, you know, the, the economy slowed way the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And right now they're at home enjoying their families, their dog, and they're like, everybody stay inside. But it's kind of easy for somebody to say, hey, stay inside when they've got everything they need inside. Yeah. But a person that's poor got is down to their last pack of ramen noodles and they got four kids in the house. You know, yeah. everybody's everybody's living situation isn't different. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the biggest differences, you know, that there's a vast majority of people that's struggling. Mm-hmm. But, for example, um, being poor uh, gives you that you basically you'll be you'll be taking more uh, risk, illegal risk. Mm-hmm. OK, let me let me give an example of me, for example. I'm going to use myself. Um, when I was in college, I was doing something I had no business doing. And at the time I was working a job. Um and I was getting things from the job that I should have not been getting. And I won't say where that place is. But uh, I was selling things on the street from the job to make money. And I was doing that for a while, which was obviously illegal. It's not how I was raised or anything. But when you go to a job and you're not making any money and, you know, your 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 dad ain't really got no money and you can't you could barely get to work because the job you work at. It's keeping you poor. You're going to start taking risks that you shouldn't be taking Mm -hmm. just so you could try to get ahead. Yeah. Right. And just for another example, too, is like people talk about, you know, the Mexicans are coming here illegally from Mexico and they're still in America's jobs. Let me be very fucking clear. 
okay? If you got a mouth to feed, if you got a family to feed, and you know that all you got to do is get on the other side of that motherfucking wall, you're going to do it too, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Bottom fucking line. Bottom line. You're going to take these illegal risks because you got something that you got to feed your family. You got to live. And the thing is, like, people will be, like, for example, they'll say somebody that's selling drugs. They didn't have to sell drugs. They could have got a normal job. Yeah, that's true. They could have got a normal job, but that normal job would have kept them poor. Yeah. They wouldn't even have the gas money to get to that fucking job. Mm-hmm. So guess what? I, I would, you think about it, what sounds a lot more logical is doing something illegal, taking a risk and selling drugs, but you got more than enough money in your pocket. You got a nice car, you know, and you'll live that way until they bust you. But some, for some people, it's worth the risk. Yeah. But money, people with money, they don't have to do that because they have the access. Yeah. So that's just one conversation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, even for me on a lesser scale, um, when I was in junior high, um, you know, we didn't grow up with much money, n- much excess money. You know what I yeah. mean? I, it wasn't like I was going to shoot school with sh- like holes in my shoes. And, right. you know, I had clothes and, you know, we never uh, went with food without too long. We, I mean, we might have had to eat like top ramen for dinner or something like that. But it wasn't a situation where, um, you know, we was, you know, going without. Right. But, um even for myself, like you, you be at, you be in junior high, you, you see the little, uh, they be selling little cookies at, at recess or at lunchtime. They may have like some, uh, some Doritos or whatever they have right. in the little, uh, at the little a la carte. And you want those things, you know, you kind of get tired of having, having, um, the regular free lunch that they have. Right. And some days it's good. Some days it's just like, oh, this is, this is, this is atrocious. But, um, like I said, on a lesser scale, like I remember my older brother, had like a a little pipe um in his drawer at uh, at the crib and I like I grabbed it one day and I was like yo I, and this is me just being um ignorant to the whole like I got it wouldn't even be considered a drug game but it was a little bit of weed left in the little pipe but yeah um I was like yo like man I know a couple of white kids at school that be smoking weed like I'm going to try to sell <laughs> this and see if I could get like some money off of it so I think I even threw it in my backpack and I went to school and I asked the kid that I knew that smoked weed, like, would would not even would he buy the the pipe that I had, but would he just buy? What yeah. would he think about buying it? And he was like, yeah. "No, nah, I wouldn't even buy that, bro. I already have like whatever. I have my own or whatever." Yeah. And then that was kind of like the end of my little run. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, just thinking back um, on it, like I would have got in trouble. I probably would have got right. suspended from school or whatever for exactly. having that in my backpack. But those are just the type of things that go through your mind, especially when you're young um, and you, you, you're just looking for any way to, and and what happens too is of course there's this idea of like um, of privilege, but like you said, the most important thing is information. So if I was in junior high and then I had a parent who had stocks or had a business or whatever, they could be like, Hey, you can do this little thing or you could do this part-time or you can go here and work um for such and such and file paperwork and then right. you know he'll pay you 12 bucks an hour and right. then you could buy shoes or whatever but yeah for us it's it's a thing to where it was like we just got to get it how we know how and the only yeah. thing we know is like people smoke weed or people like you yeah. know cheap things or whatever so let's get these off yeah man and and here's the thing too um 
I, I just need people to recognize their privilege. Like I, I mentioned earlier, I recognize mine. I recognize all the privileges that I currently have. And you need to notice, like, hey, like, look at what I'm doing. Look at how I'm living. Look at my kids. Look at my family. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another example. Um, you talk about, you know, let's talk about toilet paper. Look at how everybody fought over toilet paper. There was literally fights breaking out. Mm-hmm. Look at what people are willing to do over something that small. Yeah. Right? You're fighting over something that even in a third world country, they don't even got toilet paper. Mm-hmm. They be duking in the same water that they eat out of. Yeah. Which is fucked up. But in America, we got this privilege mm-hmm. where we can fight over toilet paper because, oh, we're almost running out. But imagine if your family running out of food. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to find a way to get it, even if you got to fight somebody. But it's just, it's a lot to it. Another thing, too, is the same people that fought over toilet paper was probably the same ones that was judging Mexicans from coming for coming here illegally. Mm-hmm. They was like, look at them coming over here in our country, stealing jobs. But look at you fighting over toilet paper. Yeah. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. One, one thing <laughs> that, uh, did I make this point? I might have made this point on the phone. So you uh-huh. have this, this narrative, uh, and this is kind of a little bit of a tangent and right. kind of a, going back on the other topic. So you have these these uh, these people that judge people on food stamps, right? Right, right. They're, right. they're, they're like, oh, they need to find work. They need to do this. And, it, and it's usually like conservatives or right, people with right. a lot of money that feel like right. their tax dollars is going to someone that's not actually working. Right, right, right. Um, which we all know that's not technically the case. No. There are a lot of people no. that actually do have jobs and that do work um, that um, that are receiving these this government assistance and these benefits. Right. But um, if you think back to like, what was it like 2009, 2010, when uh, the market had crashed? Yeah. And a lot of these people, uh, these car companies and the real estate and all yeah. these people needed to be bailed out. Yeah. And the government gave them, you know, however many billions right. of dollars to get out of their situation. And they didn't look at that Mm-mm. like they did. Um, even though it's a comparable situation, yeah. somebody that like on a small scale, if you're like a personal business or whatever, needed to be bailed out of a situation right. as far as getting food stamps or getting unemployment or whatever, or whatever. Um, so, I just think you need to be self-aware, you know, kind of look at these situations objectively right. because everybody needs help at some point. 100%. You know what I mean? You actually you made that point on the last episode, uh-huh. um, but it was good you brought it up again. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll judge the American people for not even getting a bailout, right? Mm-hmm. For getting help. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs help sometimes. Yeah. But they literally bailed out fucking, was it Ford? Yeah, bailing out all these banks. Yeah, you're bailing out banks. You're banging out all these huge companies, these humongous conglomerates, but you're judging the American worker. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I've had people tell me like, "You're a truck driver. You aren't you tired of paying taxes for people that can't take care of themselves?" And I'll be like, "Uh, "Actually, I don't have a problem with that, and I don't complain about it because I was one of those people. Yeah, if it wasn't for food stamps, I probably would have not eaten a lot of times. So yeah, you know, I'm not a fucking. I'm I'm not a uh, what do you call that? I'm not looking for a handout. I'm not a motherfucker I, that uh, begs for shit and accepts expects handouts. I work for a living, and I work harder than a lot of people do. Yeah, right. I didn't turn out to be some bum asking for fucking food stamps, but yeah. when I needed them, they were there, and I'm blessed yeah. that I got them. Mm-hmm. 
So there's some perspective. Yeah, it's just it's really just a stimulus package. And the, yeah. the funny thing is, there's um, if you think about now what they're doing, they have like um, this stimulus package for businesses um, and small businesses and stuff like that. And it's the the only difference is the name. Right. 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 So, you know, this is essentially like government assistance or whatever. But, you know, from from their perspective, they may look at it like, oh, this is, you know, this is something a little bit better than food stamps. Or this is something a little bit better than these other things when essentially it's the same thing. Right. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, switching gears. The earth is healing. Right. Um, the earth is healing. And that's the silver lining in all of this. Um, researchers. Uh, in New York, told BBC uh, their early results showed carbon monoxide, mainly from cars, had been reduced by nearly 50 percent compared with last year. Uh, BBC, BBC also stated emissions of the planet heating gas CO2 have also fallen sharply. Noticeable differences in, and also noticeable differences in seismic activity. So basically, the Earth is moving less. Mm-hmm. Um, what it turns out to me, it looks like that we were the virus. I yeah. think that I think that us as human beings were the virus way before this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And if the the earth is basically a living thing, if I'm not correct. Yeah. So the earth is probably like, yo, I'm getting tired of you niggas, man. <laughs> Let me give you a virus real quick. Yeah. Like, man, the dinosaurs is fucking up. We got rid of them, too. <laughs> Y'all next. Yeah. You know, so it's like you think about how old the earth is and what it's seen and what it's been through. And it's like, yo. We're gonna have to just let the aliens come down and see what they could do. <laughs> that I mean, <laughs> you're joking as far as like the dinosaurs and this, you know the the extinction extinction of the dinosaurs, right? But I'm just thinking about it. Like if we did end up like all just the world, yeah. of at least human beings right. ended up dying from uh, just this virus that spread around the world, it would it would the world would look so crazy. Oh yeah, you know it's just animals running around, animals thriving, right? Um, and it it probably would be a more beautiful place because oh, yeah. all we do is put. I was driving down the street today, and I was like, "Yo, it's so crazy to me that once upon a time this was probably land that bears was walking on, right. deers running around, but Ocean, we put freaking, water. Yeah, we put freaking asphalt here and yeah. built buildings. I'm just like, yo, this is just crazy. Yeah, that's nuts, man. It would it would look. There would be grass growing everywhere. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be beautiful if we were not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just weird. We're fucking shit up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, too, I don't think it would be a virus that would take us out. I think it would be like a cataclysmic event. Mm-hmm. I think it would be like a humongous fucking meteor that would just hit just the wipe earth. wipe everybody just out. Just wipe everybody out. Yeah. Us, everybody. China. It probably hit China first because they... They got viruses coming from there. <laughs> so the meteor will come down. It would be like, they get hit first. <laughs> then everybody else would be like, oh, shit. And then that would be it. Yeah. And then the meteor would be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But it's just it's something to think about, man. When we go back into the everything opens back up, we need to take into consideration that we need the earth. It does not need us. Yeah, I think um, they have posted a picture, and I don't know how accurate it, it is because sometimes um, you know pictures pictures are not as accurate as you know the internet right. makes a scene. But they had a picture of L.A. basically before the yes. coronavirus and after, and it was a lot more clear. Oh yeah, um, 
which is probably some truth to that. But also, like, you know, sometimes when it rains, like, it could wipe out a lot of the, uh, the smog in the air and stuff like that. So I don't know exactly, like, what was going on. But it, if if that is accurate, it's definitely a good thing. I know I read an article a long time ago, and it talked about um, some Asian country. I believe it was somewhere in China. Wuhan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't. I don't know if they were doing. Uh, they they had like some mandated thing where only certain people can uh, use their vehicles or something like that. So oh. on certain weekends, I think you know, uh, certain people had to like stay home, and then like you know, like fifty percent of the people could use they their got, vehicles. They got too many people there, man. So over, yeah, over a billion, man. But it was. Um, but it was actually working. They had you know took images of of the city and the smog and stuff oh, wow. beforehand, and then after after afterwards and it was the the skies were a lot clearer you can actually see you know things out into the distance so i think you know you can see that orange chicken huh (laughs) 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 yeah but i think it's um i think just seeing how this is working i think it it may it should be a thing to where you know maybe Two weekends out of the month or something, like people are, we have like a lockdown just to save the environment because, yeah. you know, all the smog and stuff we breathing in is definitely not healthy. Let me tell you why I know that this is working because I visually see it as a truck driver. You notice so many things going through Los Angeles. You see that smog all the time. Yeah. I've noticed it less and less. And yes, there was some rainy weather, but even without the rain, totally clear. Mm-hmm. Nobody's on the road. It's beautiful out there. And then when I take trips to San Diego, it's just so beautiful. Sometimes I got to capture it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't like to be on the phone too much while I drive at all. But yeah. I, I was going near Camp Pendleton and near San Diego, and uh, I had to just look at that beautiful water and uh-huh. the sky. I was just like, "Fuck, man, this is just so, it's just so nice." Yeah, especially without that traffic. Literally over, I say about seventy five percent of traffic has been removed. It is like surreal. Yeah, it is so awesome. I put on my favorite jams, my favorite podcast. You know, you know, can do it. You know what? Um, these these environmentalists are really missing an opportunity right here. Really, they could yeah. be really like hamming it. You know, as far yeah. as like this is what we were talking about. Yeah, but I haven't seen too many people in the forefront. Just kind of like mm. I've seen like little memes and stuff here and there, but I haven't seen like real I've seen, environmentalists. I've seen either. articles. I've seen, yeah, I've seen there's a, there's a good amount of articles that came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, but a guy like Al Gore, or somebody or Leonardo DiCaprio should be like, "Yo, this is exactly what we were talking yeah, about when we were sure. saying." But I'm, you know, I, we Al Gore might be afraid to speak up though, because all of a sudden you'll see Al Gore speak up, and then one week later, like Al Gore has coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> Better, you know, do an Instagram live from your bedroom. Yeah, Bill Clinton don't want to speak up either. Yeah. Not because of the coronavirus, because he won't be getting, getting no head no more. Did you see that? I guess they said uh, he came out and said he was he got head because to manage his anxiety or something. Yeah, shut up, Bill. You just yeah. trying to get your dick stuck, motherfucker. Yeah. Shut up. Monica. Uh, Monica, I just need to give some head. I don't know. I hurt my body. Yeah. I- <laughs> The economy is stressing me out, Monica. Could you just give me some head? He said the economy is stressing me out. <laughs> uh, please empty out my balls. Uh, <laughs> oh, That's man. Crazy. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, somebody said something that had me dying about fucking uh, Hillary Clinton. They said, 
How is Hillary Clinton supposed to please the American people when she couldn't even please her man? Dang. I was like, God damn. That's hurt. That hurts. Oh, man. And she responded. She's like, uh, for your, for, to, what's he say? Uh, uh, just so you know, I suck his dick all the time. <laughs> she really didn't say that. But <laughs> That'd be a wild statement. That'd be crap. I'd be like, damn, Hillary Clinton got head game. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine like what that whole sexual experience is like. Bill Clinton and Hillary. Oh no. Yeah. Back in the day, Hillary used to like she was a freak though. Really? Yeah. I seen some old footage of Hillary. I was like, yo, Hillary was nasty, dog. <laughs> I was like, hold on a minute. It's before she started wearing all those suits. Yeah. Really? She used to wear right like what she was wearing regular clothes. She's wearing regular shit. Yeah. Yeah, but not. Yeah, now obviously not. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh the the silver lining in all of this with this virus is uh the earth is healing itself so by the time we all come back um we're gonna fuck it up again oh yeah of course yeah, you just, know it's it's this is a short term short term thing but I I think it's I think it's important though like you said just to capture these moments you know yeah. just to obviously we're supposed to stay at home but um if you are in an in an area where you can um visually see these things like just capture it, take a picture of it. Um, so you could be reminded of what we can do when a bunch of us are on, are on the same accord. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where are we at, Keith? 135. All right, man. Well, it's a little shorter than what we normally do. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Oh, we have, actually, we have another one, actually. Uh, hold on. Oh, uh, switching gears. Uh, hanging on to someone else's success won't make you successful. Yeah. Uh, we had this conversation uh, last week, just me and keep chopping it up on the phone. And he gave a scenario. Um, I think you'd probably be better at explaining it. I don't know if you remember. You remember what I was talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, it's a situation. Um, like, it's it's difficult for us because, like, a lot of these people we know, so we don't want to give out too many names right. because we have, like, personal relationships. Yeah. But um, it's... It's uh, I'll put it to you like this. Basically, it's um, there was a group of uh, YouTubers out here, and you know they were doing their thing. And, and this they this is years ago, man. Maybe like over, maybe about ten years ago when they were really like uh, just doing skits, and they were kind of like at the um, at the genesis of like a lot of these uh, the way that YouTube changed. Because at first it was just a bunch of like cat videos, and then all of a sudden like people really got on there and they tried to do like grow an audience and they try to do skits and they try to do like funny videos and stuff. So there was a local group out here in Bakersfield that was doing the same thing. And um, just like with any group it's difficult, especially when you come together as people um, solely to like for like a business um, and their business was making YouTube and vlogs and skits and stuff like that. It's difficult for these people to stay together but um, essentially what happened is no one knows what happened. So there's a lot of people, you know, that's coming up with different ideas about what happened with them or why the group broke up, et cetera, et cetera. And now to this day, um, there's a couple of those people that were in the group that are extremely su- successful. Right. I mean, like, you know, uh, real estate investments and, you know, fancy cars and, you know, just, I guess, living the dream and all that work that they put in is uh, culminated to um, to this success. But there's a couple of those people that aren't as successful as this guy is. Right. Um, so there's just this running narrative that 
um, he may owe the people that aren't as successful as him something. And we were talking about it in a sense to where um, it's not anyone's job to take care of another grown man. No. And also, like, what you do on an individual basis is your doing. Um, Of course, you know, they may have helped you get there as far as, like, you know, just like uh, whether you were in a vlog or whatever, and that one got, like, put you into a position where you can do this today. But at the end of the day, you're the one putting in the work. Um, I gave the example, like, people always like to say, well, Snoop Dogg didn't pop off till Tupac died. Right. Or Roddy Rich didn't pop off till Nip died or whatever. But at the end of the day, these people were putting in work before they, uh, they met, you know, Tupac and Nipsey Hussle. And then they just kind of uh, carried on that momentum after that, um, after that, after those two people passed. And in this situation, they, this person carried on the momentum after that relationship soured. So we just say all that to say, like, if anybody is out there and, and you've, you have become, you know, successful in whatever endeavor and you started working with somebody and that relationship is no longer, um, don't let any sort of outside noise or any sort of people saying you owe whomever your success, because at the end of the day, that's just all talk. Yeah. The only person responsible for your success is you. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. If if it's four people, right, and all of your objective is to become successful at something, right? Let's say it's the same thing, but only one of you becomes successful. There was never a rule that you are supposed to, you know, pay them money because you got a bunch of money. If your objective is to be successful, you're going to do that regardless. Yeah. If Keith becomes a successful director, whatever the case, I don't, he doesn't owe me shit, Mm -hmm. period. He doesn't owe me anything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. My objective is to do something for myself also. That's a lane that Keith is in. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, it's just weird. I think that says that's very telling of your character because you feel like you're not going to do anything. Because yeah. if you felt you were, you wouldn't be looking to get handouts for another from another grown man. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, folks. You will never become successful hanging on to other people's success. That's yeah. their success. They don't owe you shit. Mm-hmm. Period. Now, if they give you some type of opportunity of any if in any capacity, if they try to get you any opportunity, whether it's you know, or this editing something for them or whatever it is, then they just gave you a gift. Yeah. But if they don't reach out to you and fuck with you, they never owed you that. Yeah. And what people also have to realize is that an opportunity is much more valuable than um, any sort of financial. Right. Right. Because, um, you know, some people may break up over money or like feeling like you deserved some portion of whatever YouTube earnings or whatever. But, when it comes down to it, an opportunity is 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 much more valuable than any sort of number you can have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about think about like J Cole, I mean Jay Z signing J Cole. If Jake, if Jay Z gave J Cole like however much money at the beginning of his career, like that wouldn't have done anything for him. No, but what he did was he signed him, he brought him on tour, he put him on his album, and now he's you know one of the biggest rappers in yeah, the game. You got to so. make it work. Yeah, yeah. so. Um. Yeah, that's just all I had to say. You know, here's the thing too. If somebody told me right now, oh, we'll give you guys, we'll give you and Keith, um, 
$50,000 to just give over all your content and then not be able to podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, or you can uh, uh, wait 10 years and keep podcasting and make over $300,000, dollars mm-hmm. I'd rather just keep podcasting. Yeah. And the reason why is because, like, you never know where things are going to go if you stay the course. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they just tend to, uh, they fizzle out. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't become successful, they want to blame everybody else for something, dude. That's that's a loser's mentality. Yeah. You're just going to keep losing at everything, man. And I don't want to sound like one of these fucking Instagram inspirational people. Yeah. You know, because it's just regurgitated crap on the internet. But <laughs> you, you, there is that this like this running narrative as to uh, why I'm not successful. And not I as in me, but like this is what people say. Right, right, they right. Say like something yeah. like that. Like, yo, you know, I was working with such and such and, you know, he just he just stopped messing with us. Or, you know, I was doing this and the, the way the industry was working, it just didn't suit me or whatever. And, it's all just excuses. Yeah. Like if you really wanted to put the work in, if you really wanted to be as successful as you want, as you say you wanted to be, then you would have just kept grinding and nobody would have stopped you. If you think about like, you know, you know, the reason why we appreciate Nipsey so much is because all that stuff he was preaching, he was actually doing even before he was as as successful as he was before he passed away. Um, as far as like getting record deals and his record deals fizzling out and then eventually doubling back and starting his own record company and, you know, only owning all of his masters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then eventually, you know, signing a, uh, a, uh, partnership or, you know, making a partnership, uh, yeah. with Atlantic records and, uh, releasing his first, um, debut album and um just doing it the right way you know what i mean and it's like this never quitting mentality but what happens is the people that we spoke of previously and the people like that what they would do is at the first sign of adversity they're just stopping or making an excuse and then all they have is stories at the end of the day so it's like at the end at the end of the day if you want to be successful in any capacity you have to remain steadfast in your journey whatever it is and at the end of the tunnel, just be ready for whatever it is. Just mm-hmm. don't pay too much attention to everybody else that's doing good things and feel like your life is not enough. So now you got to blame people. That means you've given up on whatever you thought you were passionate about. You gave up on it. Mm-hmm. Just stick to what you're doing, man. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got nothing else on there because I don't want to sound like a broken record. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else, King? Nah. Well, um. I'd like to thank thank everybody for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast, episode 106. Everybody continue to stay safe, stay inside, use condoms, eat the booty like groceries. (laughs) You've been listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K-Fings. Get out of here. Peace.